Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons from foreboding force to feral fighters. And today we're talking about zombies. We're talking about whites and we're talking about ghouls. All right. So, uh... It's not October now, but when this episode airs, it's going to be October. No, no. You see, August is AU, like autumn, which uh-huh. means it's autumn, and okay. autumn means it's Halloween. So we're good. Okay, well, either way, we're good. So <laughs> for, for the month of October, folks, we are doing a Halloween uh, spectacular special with nothing but... Uh, you meant spooktacular. Spooktacular special with uh, <laughs> nothing but undead and, and werewolves and liches and all this scary Some of my stuff favorite kind of stuff. Yeah, we're going to be uh, highlighting the horror aspect of D&D, which is fun. Fun yeah, stuff. it's a deep pool, trust me. Yeah, uh, there's so much, like, undead alone cover or so much out of the Monster Manual. There's It's the exact opposite problem of fey monsters. And it's well, e- easy. I mean, if you want to, like... Naturally, in the real world, people are scared of like ghosts and things like that, and yeah, the, the fear of the unknown, like zombies. It's a, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of that in pop culture. Yeah, there's a lot of that in mythology, and thus Indeed. a lot of these monsters are in D and D. It's also appropriate that we're talking about zombies, whites, and ghouls this week because I've been sick all week and I felt like a zombie all week. So I feel like I can get into the mindset. And I've also been watching a lot of Game of Thrones, and any anybody who watches Game of Thrones knows there's a lot of undead. Yeah, a lot of undead these days. <laughs> the episode we recorded last week, I was a sick boy. Now Will's a sick boy, and yeah. it's all my fault. So sorry, everybody. I've made you listen to bad, poor, <laughs> sick people twice. Yeah, uh, we'll <laughs> we'll get through. So, zombies, huge part of pop culture. Um, and I would say the zombies in D&D are really not like zombies in today's pop culture anymore because zombies in today's pop culture have really um, kind of separated themselves from like the original like Haitian folklore zombies or even African folklore because that's yeah, where kind of zombies come th- from. There was like a witch doctor involved yeah, and they would like possess people, living people, um, bodies, animate so bodies. A zombie in Haitian folklore, from my understanding, is uh, they basically – there's two kinds of zombies. Mm-hmm. Um and one is when they raise the body without a soul and it shambles about and serves the witch doctor. And the other is capturing a soul and containing it in like a vessel, like a jar or something. Ooh. Um, and that's a different kind of zombie. Okay. Same word for two different things. Right on. Um, 
D&D zombies are much like the first one we mentioned. And uh, in today's pop culture, a lot of zombies, it's like we like to, to try and scientifically explain them. Like it's some sort of viral infection, like uh, 28 Days Later right. or something along those lines. Um, but if we look at, uh, I think, what, Night of the Living Dead and all that, I think it was all like voodoo magic, right? I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen this. You movies. know, I'm not sure about that. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty yeah, sure they I, are magical. I'm more familiar with like your Resident Evil 28 Days Later exactly. kind of zombie. yeah. Where there's a patient zero and yes. it's a virus or something yeah. that spreads. Zombies in D&D are not like that. Zombies in D&D are corpses that have been risen via usually necromancy. Yeah. Uh, necromancy, which is a type of magic. Uh, wizards are going to be the ones that... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> wizards are going to be the ones that usually are the necromancers. But it can also be a cleric thing. Like a okay. cleric can technically worship a god of undeath and like they can raise the dead and do all that stuff if they're like an evil cleric. Is there a canonical D&D god of undeath? There are a lot of... D&D greater powers that kind of like um, claim power over that. Vecna would be one of the first ones. He's the god of necromancy and he is the god of secrets and um, also a god of magic. He um, he used to be a wizard who became a lich, who became an arch lich and then ascended to godhood. Fuck. There's a lot of lore behind Vecna. He's it's a lot a, of steps. Yeah, a lot of steps. Yeah, Vecna is crazy. Um, but yeah, so he, a lot of necromancers will worship him. Um, although sure. they would be wizards. Like Vecna is a wizard through and through even in right. god form he's all about magic yeah the, when you become so. a wizard like as a role player you can become a necromantic <clears throat> wizard yeah absolutely that's like, that's yeah, like you a choose, thing in the you choose that school of magic absolutely mm-hmm. um so but also like a cleric i don't know i guess you could uh, justify like a cleric of orcus because orcus is the demon prince of undeath so um, you wouldn't have turn undead necessarily no, although you could and just reflavor it because you have power over the undead. So I can like, do whatever the fuck I want to undead. Again, the player's so instead handbook. Instead of turn undead, do do anything you want to undead. Yeah, right. Uh, well, I mean, there's okay. So in the Dungeon Master's Guide, there's a cleric domain called the Death Domain, and it is necromantic and 100 percent evil for sure. So there's that. Okay, so um, zombies can be raised outside of just necromantic spells, though. They um, they can also, if they if a corpse is in a place with enough like negative dark energy, it's possible that they could be raised. Oh, okay. And the thing is, undeath equals evil in Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. according to the vanilla canon lore. Right, right. Um, so, like the fact that something is undead. It is inherently evil. Zombies are inherently evil. They are mindless, but they're also evil. And they're absolutely mindless. I think their intelligence is like a two or a three. Um, <laughs> they literally, like, if, if they don't have, like, a, a wizard or cleric commanding them to do something, or there's nothing around them for them to kill, they'll just stand still. They're the biggest, most dangerous rocks you've ever seen. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, they'll just stand still until they rot away, uh, quite frankly. Um, I've always been kind of like... How long does it take for a rotting dead corpse to like that's wandering about the earth to, to rot away? Like, can't you just wait out the zombie apocalypse? It never seems like that's an option. It should be an option. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. for real. Like, yeah. you're a rotting corpse. Yeah. Literally, you're just exposed to oxygen. You're going to just rot. Right. Well, okay. So, with, with D&D zombies, uh, a little bit can be justified because it said that like uh, necromatic magic is kind of holding it together. Yeah. So they, although they do rot away eventually, like it would probably supremely slow the process. Right. Down. Cause you're like imbued with magic, yeah. which is fine. It's also, fine. it's also how skeletons end up getting explained. Cause like 
a, a skeleton shouldn't be able to move because it doesn't have ligaments pulling the bones. Yeah. But the explanation is it's been infused with necromantic magic that then does that for you it. You can't see my ligaments because they're made of magic. Yeah, they're made of darkness. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. Um, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about skeletons. They're not like a highlight of this episode, but uh, they're so closely related to zombies. I want to kind of uh, talk about them a little bit. More. I love their stat pool. It's, it's I, I love skeletons. They're one of my favorite yeah. like undead mobs. I like zombies too. I like the undead as mobs for low level characters. Yeah, that's um, a lot of fun. It's my personal favorite to throw at characters because like on on one hand, like I don't I like goblins and orcs and all that stuff too, but too often you see those uh mobs used in a way where they're like a faceless enemy of evil. Yeah. It's like I don't know, goblins are people, like, and so are orcs, like, and they, and they can yeah. totally be, like, the whore. They can be, like, Tolkien's orcs, yeah, where they're but, just evil, like, but they the don't bo- have to be. The bottom line is they have culture and society, so yeah. it's like, but, well, you're just killing, like, the foot soldiers. Yeah, but if you throw some zombies and skeletons at them, like, the players know they're dealing with some real fucking evil here, right. and it's inherently just kind of scary, like, because, like, a goblin is small, but, like... A zombie is the size of a human, and like something is powerful enough to have created it, and is now using it against you. Yeah, so it's like, like this extension of themselves that is just like outdoing the bidding, which exactly. is to like try and stab you. So I think I think that that's a nice experience for uh, low level players because it's like, oh shit, the undead. You don't really have to worry about the fear of zombies in D anD D. Like, oh, if I got scratched or bitten, took some damage from a zombie, it's not like I'm about to become a zombie and I lost. Yeah, because yeah. like, like in zombies and like. Pop culture, yeah. You take any damage to zombie, you become zombie. Yeah, exactly. Take time, but like that's not a thing in D anD D. You lost the fight, exactly. Um, That's like the green slime, or if you get damaged by green slime and you don't heal it, like you'll turn into a no shit. Did we talk about that? We did talk about that. Oh fuck, I forgot. (laughs) Why? Why do we even do this podcast, Brian? God, I have to remain (laughs) ignorant. (laughs) (laughs) Just let it go in one ear and out the other. (laughs) It's a lot of content. It is. It's it's too much. But uh, we're we're here. We're here to talk about. Don't worry. When I when I'm planning on putting uh, oozes in my game, I'm going to re-listen to oozes. Oh yeah, cool. Sounds good. Yep. It was a good episode. I enjoyed it. I loved it. (laughs) So um. Obviously, I didn't pay enough attention, but... So, uh, I mean, anything can kind of be zombified. Um, it's not too hard to homebrew it. I think the player, uh, the Monster Manual has three um, zombies. They have your basic humanoid one, like a regular old zombie. Then they have an ogre zombie, which is, Ooh. you know, kind of fun. Like, oh, shit. Um, and then they have a beholder zombie, which is awesome. But also, like, that's a weird choice for... The, you got three choices, and when you chose one as a Beholder, like, that's cool, but holy shit. So I did retain a lot of information <clears throat> from our Beholder episode, and that yeah. sounds like it doesn't make any sense. How um, do you even accomplish that? I mean, if you what? kill one and then raise it as a zombie. Damn, okay. You have to kill for it. Sure, for yeah. sure, Or maybe yeah. you find a dead one. Or maybe it dreams a zombie version of itself into existence. Could be, although that... I mean, yes, that is, I'm going to say that's absolutely possible because beholders can shape reality with their minds. But I think uh, usually when it comes to the whole undeath thing, you're going to get your death tyrant out of oh, that situation. that's right. Okay, um, yeah. Because a, a, a zombie beholder is significantly weaker than a normal beholder. Um, it's, I think, a challenge rating five. Oh, it, that's it? It has the I-beams, but it can only use one at a time, and it's like a much lower is HP that pool. Like three in a turn or whatever yeah. it is? Yeah, so... Uh, the, the main thing about zombies, the main feature they got going for them is they have what's called Undead Fortitude, which when you drop them to zero HP, they get to make a constitution save. And I think it's a low DC. I think it's only a 10. And if oh. they succeed, they don't go down. They only drop to one HP. Oh. The only way to circumvent that is if you use radiant damage or 
shit, it's something, or if you crit, I think are the two. If you crit or if it's radiant damage, they don't get to make a save. They just sure. die. So. Okay. And that's like, I guess that's another way of making radiant damage actually mean something. Yeah. Because it's a bummer that it doesn't it, like right. deal double. Exactly. But at the same time, like, um, it's only for zombies. Other undead don't have uh, undead fortitude necessarily. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about skeletons. So skeletons I find funny because they're the same deal. Uh, they're raised via necromantic spells. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, they're smarter, like significantly smarter. Like okay. a zombie has an intelligence of like two. A skeleton has an intelligence of like seven. Oh, well, think about it. Rotted brain versus whatever no brain? you want to put in there. I guess that's true. <laughs> um, and the, th- the main thing about uh, zombies is they can only like, like a zombie can't think pretty much at all. Like if there's a pit between you and the zombie, the zombie does not have regard for that pit. It's just going to keep coming at you and then fall into that pit. Uh Um, it it can't, it can't navigate obstacles. It can't operate machinery. It'll use a weapon if it's in his hand, but if it gets disarmed, it's just not going to bother with the weapon anymore. It's just going to keep clawing at you. For sure. A skeleton is not like that. It's going to be able to operate all kinds of different weapons that it could in life. It's going to be able to operate machinery. If it's instructed how to do so up to a certain point, it will, Go around obstacles. It won't fall for traps necessarily. I mean, they're probably it won't easy. fall for like obvious traps. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, if they're left to their own devices, um, they are kind of just going to fall into. It's almost sad. They fall into a pantomime of whatever it was they did in life. So oh like, shit! If that's they were creepy. like a farmer, they might just like go out into. Like, let's say they're like out in these cemetery ruins, just kind of wandering about. They might like go through the motions of like reaping uh, the the harvest. Even yeah, like no start tilling in, the land. And yeah, exactly, shit. exactly. Oh, That's which is kind of super sad creepy. And scary, actually, yeah. like, like wander about and see that. Like, yeah. okay, we're gonna detour. Yeah, it's, it's like holy shit. <laughs> um, so, and, and speaking of like skeletons tilling the land, um, I once <laughs> saw a really cool fucking idea. And this is why I don't like the idea that something has to be absolutely evil or good because, like, we talk undeath in this game is this is like quintessentially evil as fuck. Okay, but I saw this concept of a player character who's playing a necromancy wizard, and he was trying to use necromancy for good. And what <laughs> cool. he was doing was he was trying to he was trying to build like this necromantic utopia where like all the menial labor was done by the undead. So like he would like raise up undead and then have them work for like. This old lady who's too old to do like till her farm anymore. For sure. And so she just and like it horrified the public. But at <laughs> well, the same yeah. time, he's only do he's only trying to do good. And like so he's trying to spread this like uh this philosophy of like we don't have to work anymore. Like we could be a society that like just you know focuses more on art and, and making the world a better place and we could just have the dead bodies do everything. Hey Jimmy, uh, wasn't your dad like a really good farmer? <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. He was like the best farmer. Dude, I miss him. Yeah, where's he buried? Um, don't tell him. Yeah, I don't. Want, I don't want to talk about it. So yeah, I just thought that that's a really cool idea, if you ask me. But um, I'm I'm parched, man. All this all this undeath is uh, making me thirsty. Well, we should probably take a short rest, Let's, and you can drink all the water you want when yeah, we do that. Sounds good. Hell Let's yeah. Do it. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where we stop talking about that last thing. We're talking about something else. Will, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about how awesome our fans are. And hey, fans. You're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for and being thanks, here. Yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Um, really cool. And uh, if you enjoy what we're doing, uh, all we ask is that you spread the word, tell your friends, uh, tweet about it, uh, share it on Facebook. Just let people know because uh, we, we want our content to reach the ears of other people who are interested in, hear- in hearing it. So, Do you know somebody that likes D&D? Do you know somebody that doesn't like D&D? Show them our podcast. Maybe they'll be into it. I don't know. And uh, there's a little something in it for you. Uh, we are still running the contest where we're giving away two copies of Xanathar's Guide to Everything. We are giving out two on the day the book is released. I believe that's November 21st. So you still have time to enter. Uh, in order to enter this contest, all you have to do is actually there's two things you can do. The first one is tweet a link to our show out to your followers with the hashtag DungeonCast. Uh, I will see that and I will enter you onto the list. And yeah, and that can be a link to our like our SoundCloud feed. It can be a link to YouTube, yeah. but it has to be a link to our show. Yeah, um, and make sure you tag it correctly, like Will yeah. was saying. Yeah, and absolutely. What's the, what's that second thing, Will? The, the other way you can enter the contest is if you go onto iTunes and leave us a review. If you do that, I will see that, and I will add you to the list. Yeah, I'm definitely going to see that. Yeah, and we're giving out two, so that's two chances, guys. Yeah, Go and ahead. if you uh, just want to do it, just to do it, you'll be entered in the contest, but like that would be freaking awesome if you guys could do that for us. It'd be really cool. Uh helps a lot. I know you guys hear other, uh, if you listen to other podcasts or anything like that, people ask you to do that all the time. It's because it really works. It really helps the show. So yeah. um, yeah, if you could do that for us, that would be awesome. And thanks to everyone who already has. Really appreciate you talking about the show Heck and giving yeah. us those reviews. Uh, but other than that, I think, uh, are we done? I think we're done. I think we're done. Let's go back to the Let's show. Let's go back to the show. Hey, 
So, Will, do you still feel like the undead? Uh, actually, I do. I feel really horrible. I'm not going to lie. Very fitting. <laughs> yeah. I'm is. sorry you feel bad, though. No, it's okay. Okay, so next we're going to talk about whites. Um, and that's W-I-G-H-T, yeah. not W-H-I-T-E. Yeah, don't oh. racially charge our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Although they are very pale uh, uh, on average. Uh, they're usually depicted as uh, very pale humanoids with uh, shock white hair. Cool. Their hands are ended in claws, although they still will resemble whatever race they were before. Okay. Um, so whites, I guess, have a lot in common with zombies to a certain extent, but they're really different at the same time. So while zombies are raised by um, necromantic magic, mm-hmm. a white is raised only when someone truly evil and nasty has died and they're filled with enough thirst for either it can it can be vengeance or it can just be the need to do the evil need to do evil the need to gain more power or or like just not wanting to die and they'll actually they have to be willingly they have to willingly reach out to a greater power of evil uh usually like an archlich or a vecna or orcus something to do with undeath okay and beseech them um and if the entity thinks that it'll do them good they'll raise them up as what is called a white okay a white will retain their intelligence and their personality by default they have to be evil so they're going to be evil okay so it's not like there's a chance that they might be okay but because if they were ever okay they would never have been a white right that's what so, i was gonna yeah. say like you it's kind of like if you are a white and you're suddenly like oh i want to like help people cross nope. the street and shit nope. like nah man nope. that doesn't sound good um somebody fucked up <laughs> they are they are driven to obey their creator though Oh, so okay. they will be used by whoever created them. Um, but when not doing that, they do have their own agency. So if they're filled with like this regret or vengeance of some kind, mm-hmm. um, they're going to be able to like seek out and do what they're going to like. Probably. Basically, like if they wanted to like murder somebody like at the time of their death, they're going to be able to still go accomplish that. Yeah. I mean, I almost view it like a warlock deal. Where it's like, all right, cool. So I'm uh, going to give you this white ability. You're going to go do your thing. And after that, you belong to me. Right. And, and they're, they're probably just like, hell yeah, sounds yeah, good. Let's do it. That's like, like the um, high five. That's like the vengeance ooze. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like the Vengeance Zeus. It's, it's very similar. Except for the Vengeance Zeus is a way shittier way to go about the whole situation. Hell yeah. It sounds low key, like super dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's the shittiest, stupidest thing you could do. Um, but it's a cool monster. I like yeah, like if it's all you got, it's what you got. Uh, you work with um, what you got. Yeah. So, um, the whites, um, they're very hateful and they're very vengeful, but the main shtick about them uh, is that they have this thirst for the spark of life, if you will. Okay. And they can drain this spark from their enemies. Ooh. And it's like they have this, like, life drain touch, which literally, um, I think there's a, a save DC, but if you fail it, uh, your maximum HP gets drained uh, and lowered. No. And I think there's ways to dispel it. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, yeah, it'll literally reduce your max HP. So it's like some kind of semi-permanent, like... Semi-permanent, yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, it's fucked up. And and on top of it, if they kill you with their life drain, they can now raise you as a zombie, and that zombie obeys them. Fuck, so, so you got, that's like... That's a fucked up way for a player to go. Like, yeah, dude. Because he could do it immediately. Raise you as a zombie. You're, you're I think, done. That would be a it's bummer over. to, like, yeah. have that happen in your party. Yeah. Like, well, we got to kill Dale. Yeah. Again. Uh, again. <laughs> well, and that's the thing about zombies is uh, if a corpse is raised as a zombie, I don't think they can be resurrected except for, like, a really high-level resurrection spell. Which, depending on the game you play, those don't exist. Like, in my world, like, I don't allow resurrection spells. Oh, yeah, yeah man. Absolutely like, not. I want you to experience death and, yeah. like, feel that. Like, exactly. It's it's hard to, like, it's, it's hard because, like, replacing, like, when you start just reviving people all willy-nilly back to yeah. full health, it's like, 
what are we even doing here? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, where's the where's the threat? It's kind of like, well, uh, I was going to talk about Game of Thrones, but I don't want to do spoilers, so never mind. But okay. the point is, like, you do want that that um, that threat of danger. You know? Yeah, what I mean? like dying like, should be legit, should be real, right. dude. You die. It should be heartbreaking, right? Yeah, for the other players, like, no, Ed. Yeah, you know, dude, like, like roll a new character yeah. and say bye bye. Like, yeah, throw exactly. that character sheet away or put it in the file or, or whatever. Or if you're going to do some sort of regular action, make it extremely difficult. Like, um, make the players go to hell to get that soul back and drag it back. You know what I mean? And they have to go through hell and high water to do it. And, like, when the person comes back, they're probably not the same anymore. They're probably all fucked up or who oh, knows? Like, God. Yeah, like, <laughs> it shouldn't be easy, but that's just my opinion. Whatever. Okay. Maybe, you wanna, maybe you want a world where it's not like that. Isn't the D&D vanilla mechanic, like, aren't you able at high levels to just, res- like, there's a resurrection spell? Can't you just do that? Yeah, you can just do it. And you need, like, a body. I, yeah, you do need a body. You're yeah, right. I think. I you think need, like, you need a body. body. Uh, you might just need like a piece of them. Well, I think in crit roll, somebody got disintegrated recently. Oh yeah, so are they dead permanently? Probably this not. is one of my gripes with crit roll. Yeah, is, no, yeah, I don't I think, think they are. So. Yeah. I don't like. I I hear it about a lot of it from a friend. I've been listening to more of the recent episodes, and I don't want to do spoilers. So hopefully, I didn't fuck up anybody's day right now. Oh. But like. If you get disintegrated and like still get brought back to life, like I just I don't get it. I don't get it. I just it don't either. get it. That's lame. Okay. So sorry guys if that's something you're you're doing it's, in your games. It's cool if you want to. I just it's not me. Yeah, me neither. Um so back to whites. Um so another thing about whites is unlike zombies or skeletons, they have sunlight sensitivity. They can't really come out during the day or that's they cool. suffer the consequences. I like that. Because I guess they're just so evil. Like they just so, can't they can't so handle evil. the light. Yeah. So <laughs> Ah UV. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Um other than that, like they they tend to serve as like lieutenants in like Death Knight armies, they, they or necromancer armies or Orcus's armies. I was actually going to ask you about yeah. that. What what are we talking about with numbers in like a vanilla setting with like how many zombies, how many whites? Like what's I mean, the ratio here? It really just depends on what you got going on in your world. Like an archlich might have like I don't know an entire like small army of undead. Holy shit! Like you know might have like a cool like. 50 whites commanding like a cool five to six hundred zombies and skeletons you know what i mean like it, it, that all just depends on what you got going on if, fuck it, if you look at uh like game of thrones uh there's something like a hundred thousand undead that just fucking well no spoilers but there's a hundred thousand fucking undead rolling about like it's crazy um those are large numbers let's talk let's talk a little bit about the undead in game of thrones so in game of thrones i know you don't watch it but the undead are a big thing especially in these later seasons um and in Game of Thrones, there's kind of two kinds of undead. You have what are called the Whites and what are called the White Walkers. Okay. Now, Whites in this uh, in Game of Thrones are they're zombies. They're not like Whites from D and D. Okay. They just they shamble. They uh, they basically they feed on the flesh of the feed, living. They don't really feed on the flesh of the living. Um, they crave it. They don't uh, crave it either. Okay. No, they just do as the White Walkers command. Oh, shit. And they're okay. otherwise completely 100% mindless, just like a D&D zombie. And they're raised through some sort of necromantic magic, just like a D&D zombie. Okay. Um, and uh, as a matter of fact, and D&D zombies don't, uh, or whites, they don't crave uh, flesh of any kind. Okay. Um, while the White Walkers are very pale, uh, semi-dead-looking things, shock-white hair and glowing blue eyes. And that's another thing is whites in D&D have uh, glowing eyes, usually. Uh, and they raise zombies with necromantic magic. I would say that the White Walkers are the equivalent of a D&D white, and the whites are equivalent of a D&D zombie. 
Okay. So if you're rolling a Game of Thrones uh, homebrew campaign, which is dope as fuck, because that sounds like a lot of fun, that's how I would do it. I, I would have the whites be zombies or skeletons, uh, and I would have the White Walkers actually be whites, and uh, the Night King would probably be like a Death Knight or something like that. For sure. Okay. Um, but anyways, any questions about whites? Mm, I, no, I feel pretty good about whites. Okay. Moving on to ghouls. So you were mentioning devouring human flesh. Well, say hello I, I to the ghoul. I did mention that. Yeah, hello, say, ghoul. Say hello to the ghoul. Um, so ghouls are onion humanoids that specifically are about devouring human flesh. Okay, for there we go. It's what they do. They're, uh, That's usually, like, fuck, we forgot to make the zombie crave flesh. <laughs> oh, wreck on it. Here's a yeah, ghoul. Yeah, well, here's, here's one that does. <laughs> so ghouls, uh, they're pale. They're usually uh, emaciated. They're, like, really gaunt and, like, like you can see their bones and Ew. they have razor sharp teeth and long dangling tongues and they're filled with uh insatiable hunger for flesh whether whether it be dead or alive although they prefer alive um they they are usually inherently tied to orcus like orcus specifically is the one who makes ghouls usually they don't have to be though like it can also just be like cannibals can be kind of cursed with this form after they die. Orcus is a god? Orcus is the demon lord of undeath. The demon lord of yeah. undeath. Okay. Or, so Orcus's deal is like he hates the living so fucking much <laughs> he will not suffer them to exist on the same plane as him. Okay. Like all his demon servants are undead. He For does sure. not suffer the living to live. Yeah. It's, okay. It's not a thing he does. Cool. So yeah, ghouls are a major thing that he creates. Um, but they don't have to be. Again, I've seen lore where she's like cannibal cultists end up becoming ghouls when they die because they're cursed by their consumption of, of human flesh. Oh my gosh, okay. Kind of like the, almost like the the Wendigo um, yeah. legend and I don't know what Native American uh, tribe has that legend, but it's a Native American legend, I know that. Shout um, out to Josh Freeland. Shout out to Josh Freeland who's a big fan of that legend. Um, so ghouls, although being undead, they don't rot, so they they don't have to worry about that. Like I guess Sweet. a white is going to have some upkeeping to do. Okay. Uh, I imagine that a white would apply have... some Vaseline. Yeah, some Vaseline. <laughs> I think there's like spells. I think there's a spell. There's a there's a cleric cantrip. I can't remember what it's called, but it basically preserves a body for like 24 hours. Oh, I would imagine fuck. a white would get that cast on them like every day. Because why wouldn't you? Like that'd be the first thing I do if I was a white. Like, yeah. okay, how do I make my evil existence last forever? It's the Tesla station of zombies. There you go. So yeah, <laughs> ghouls don't gotta worry about that. They just they continue to live. They tend to dwell in crypts and cemeteries, basically where they can get food. Okay. Uh, without being like they, you know, if they invade a crypt that no one goes into, they could probably live in there for a long time. Yeah, then they're not probably going to be detected until um, somebody needs to go get put in there. Exactly. <laughs> And then, the, yay, they get living people. And then they probably have to either leave or face the consequences. Right. Um, ghouls are stupid, though. They're not uh, very intelligent. They're, I think they got like a seven. So uh, they probably can't speak. Or if they can, it's probably real basic. Mm -hmm. And uh, But they could probably understand language. Um, Grant an agreement. Their, their shtick is that they have a paralytic touch. Okay, so they for sure. can claw you, paralyze you, begin to eat you. Oh fuck! Yeah, like just right there, like yeah, that. They're super evil. What and, are yeah. we talking about combat wise here? Like, um, is that like a like a one turn deal? I think they have uh, an attack where if they attack you with the claw, you make a DC save. If you fail, you're paralyzed, and then they just have a bite attack, which would be them eating you. Okay, so if you're paralyzed, what what are we talking? Uh, status is something I'm aware of in D and D, but it's not something I regularly have to put up with or or implement so i think um i mean i don't remember off the top of my head but i'm pretty sure paralyzed like you can't move 
Yeah. Probably can't act. Or if he can't act, it's probably one action. And it's just like you try to save off of it every turn? Yeah, or you just save off of it every turn. Okay, yeah. so yeah. that's pretty much how status effects work in D&D is you try to save off of it every single turn? Yeah, for until the most it, part. Until it goes away? Until it goes away, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I would say outside of combat, see, I don't know. Status effects are confusing because you'll be paralyzed for a minute. But at the same time, if you're in combat, you get to save usually. But like, if you're paralyzed for a minute, shouldn't you just be paralyzed for a minute? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, if that's the case, status effects are super deadly. So it's hard because yeah. you're you're in like this re- like when you're outside of combat, things are different because when you're inside of combat, you have a mechanical like set of rules you have to obey, which is like a right. six second yeah. turn. I think um, where everyone's acting simultaneously and also not simultaneously. Right. So D and D is a wonderful game, and I love it so much. And I think one of the biggest complaints about uh, tabletop gamers that don't like Dungeons and Dragons specifically is the combat system kind of breaks you out of the role play in a lot of ways even though it doesn't have to it, it definitely like it, it's very much like a video game where it's like the yeah. screen like warps and suddenly you get sucked into like a turn-based yes situation right yes where um, all of a sudden you're playing final fantasy it's only playing final fantasy yeah absolutely and i think it can be off-putting because there are systems out there that kind of um don't have that effect i would argue that a lot of those systems don't do combat as well but like the thing about role-playing games is there's always going to be a role-playing game that does one specific thing better than others. Like, okay. some are better at, like, political intrigue. Some are better at mystery. Some are, you know... Like, D&D is a good catch-all, and it can clunkily do most things. Um, how much that bugs you is really... That's that's up to you. I, yeah. I like D&D well enough that I could... I could literally take D and D into space. Run a D- I could run a space opera in D and D. I could run a murder mystery in D and D. There's nothing that I feel I couldn't do in Five E. That's just me. I agree with you on on, yeah. on that. I mean, when it's necessary, like maybe in terms of like what I'm trying to do with, with the situation. Like if I want you to be paralyzed, I might do like a more theater theatrical yeah. based combat where I, we don't roll initiative. And, and that's the thing too is I think a lot of a lot of like your experience with any role playing game comes to like a trust. A trust and acceptance factor between players and the dungeon master. If you as a dungeon master tell me I'm paralyzed for a minute, I'm not going to argue it because I trust that you're not being unfair to me, that this is going to make the game better. Right. Like, and if you have that trust relationship with your with your friends at the table, like it's just going to make it all better. And like you don't have to worry about being gypped of something or being like, oh, that's not fair. Or like the DM choosing someone's favorites or like you're being too railroady or anything like that. Maybe you're in combat. Like yeah. going back to ghouls a little bit because yeah, we, yeah. we went off subject yeah, we a, did, a lot, we did. but, yeah. <laughs> but I, I felt it called for it anyway. Yeah, like, yeah. Get, go, like if you're in combat, maybe you're just like hyped up with uh, with an uh, adrenaline. Adrenaline, there sure. it is. There you go. And you can you have the ability to save off this paralysis. Yeah. But if maybe in a certain situation, this ghoul comes up to you, sneaks up on you, gives you the scratch, you're paralyzed. You don't have those uh, endorphins running through your bloodstream to help you save off. You right. are paralyzed for one minute. There you your go. buddies better jump in. I like it. Yeah, there you go. So you, there's ways around it. True. Um, funny thing about the, uh, the paralytic touches, elves are immune. Um, <laughs> Fucking elves. There's of lore. course they are. Okay. So the lore behind it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but here it is. So basically there is a original ghoul who was a elf cultist that betrayed his people and, um, became a ghoul and just a powerful ghoul. In fact, like he, uh, so much so that I think Orcus left him in charge of like this demi plane in the abyss, like. Uh, but it ended up getting invaded by another demon lord, and sounds accurate. Uh, this this ghoul couldn't fight him off with even with his army. 
he cried out for Orcus. Orcus didn't come to help him because Orcus don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> Sounds like your problem, so bro. In a last ditch effort, he called out to Corallon, who is like the major deity of the elves. Corallon took pity on him, Aww. rescued him. Which honestly, I don't think this dude deserved to be rescued. And then for some reason, from that day forward, elves were immune to ghouls' paralytic touch. There it is. He's like, well, I mean, I'm gonna do this thing. It's gonna do. I got to do it to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So why not? <laughs> Can't choose favorites. Uh, yeah, there it is. Anyways, whatever. For sure. So, uh, okay, uh, there's a more powerful type of ghoul called a ghast. Oh, I like ghasts. Uh, I've used those. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. So the, I'm always in reskin. But. So, so the like the flavor behind a ghast is that Orcus injects them with a little extra demonic juju, and they just <laughs> get that little bit more powerful. They're more intelligent. They retain their personality and can speak, and like they're cunning. Uh, and most importantly is they can control other ghouls and get them to do their bidding. Oh, cool. It's <laughs> a common theme in today's episode. Yeah, so like, there it is. Well, you look particular. I like the cut of your jib. I'm going to give you this good shit. Here's, 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 my, here's, here's my secret stash, if you mind, Juju. Um, so also, uh, another thing about gas is they have this powerful smell that just poisons people people that are too close to them i think if you're like within five feet of a gas smell it's a yeah it's a stench it just oh, says fuck. ghoulish stench i think it's the name of it oh I, for sure something along those lines but i think you have to make a dc save if you're if you end your turn within five feet of them you have to make a dc save or be poisoned i think I, now i'm remembering i cut that out because it's um <coughs> it a little sense. it was like a little too much for my reskin yeah. yeah yeah i could see that um so yeah, those are. I mean, that's that's basically it when it comes to that. I mean, Orcus will get his own episode, so we'll be able to get into like his whole thing. Orcus later. sounds like a fucker, though. Yeah, Orcus is uh, the main rival of Demogorgon. Oh uh, shit! They're the two most powerful demon lords. Shout out so. to Demogorgon. Oh god. <laughs> um, so, any questions about gas schools? Any of these undead? Any other undead that maybe I didn't mention that you thought I would have? Um, no, not not particularly. Um, we covered the. I, Going back to like skeletons a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, and zombies, I like I like reskinning those as like shitty sword fighters. Oh yeah, like that's actual a, that's a people. Great way to do it. And, and here's another thing too: is like a lot of these are close enough and they're they're similar enough to the point where it's like, well, I don't want them to fight ghouls, but they're too powerful for zombies. We'll just reflavor the ghouls or zombies now. Yeah, done or whites or whatever. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> you got this. I believe in you. <laughs> I okay. believe in you. Okay, I think we, we may be done unless you have any more questions about nah, these I'm, undead I'm, nasty creatures. They're, they're nasty, but let's let's call it a game. All right, let's call it a game. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. 